Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone for another episode of Bedrock and Balderstone, and we're continuing our discussion of Farscape. We're on Season 2, and we are on a three-part series. We're doing the first two parts of Look at the Princess, and so that's uh, A Kiss is But a Kiss, and I Do, I Think, which are those episodes 11 and 12 of this season? Yes, they are, yes. Um, so, so, Adam, do you want to roll in the episodes for us boy uh yeah a lot going on in these episodes uh they come to a planet where uh it's inhabited by sebations which is the uh same race that aaron and the peacekeepers are the ones that look just like humans and uh basically the peace there is a peacekeeper carrier that's shown up there and so they basically head down to the planet uh moya takes off because of the peacekeeper uh, carrier, and uh, basically Crichton ends up being the perfect match for the princess who's uh, going to be crowned there, and uh, is uh, pressured into marrying her. The pressure gets harder when Scorpius shows up, and uh, also uh, there's a whole uh, level of conflict going on between the peacekeepers and the Scarens, the Scarens yeah. being this other race, which are uh, kind of contesting with the peacekeepers for control of the uncharted territories. So, yeah, so you basically got these independent sebations, peacekeepers, and scarings. You got a lot of a lot of messy politics going on. And but, uh, and Moya takes off. And, yep. And you know that goes to its own thing, but that also kind of leaves the group vulnerable while they're on the planet. Um, so, so yeah. So and this is a three-part episode uh, series. A free parter of the season. I, I couldn't resist, and I went ahead and watched episode three. But we're going to not talk about episode three. But if <laughs> if I accidentally do, I apologize. It's because I, these were so good, I couldn't stop watching them. Um, and uh, also, I just want to mention we're still in the middle of the COVID quarantine, so there may be background noise on Adam's end because he's in a different location. There's not much he can do to mitigate that. And on my end, things might also be a little bit different. So we apologize if there's any sound issues on this episode. Um, so yeah, do, do you do you want to say what you thought of them, or do you want me to say what I thought of them first? What's... Oh, you go first. You go okay. first. It's your so, first time. So I I loved these episodes. These are my favorite episodes of the show so far. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. I was I was really surprised by how good they were. They they hit like. They hit everything that I like about science fiction as a genre. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, um, or I should say this kind of science fiction, because there's like maybe harder science fiction that has things I like that I'm not going to expect in Farscape. But like, but this is like everything I like about like Star Trek, everything I like about Babylon 5, everything I like about Farscape, everything I like about I, Claudius was here. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> there was, there were so, and, and it was so full of intrigue and the writing was really good. I thought, I thought that the writing was really good. And I thought yeah. that the, this, this show, it does, it does an interesting thing. A lot of shows try to become like a movie every once in a while. This show can dip in and out of acting like it's in a, you're in a cinematic experience versus a more television series type of narrative experience. Yes. And, and this seamlessly did that. Like I, I like I'm midway through it. I'm like, wait a second. I feel like I'm watching a movie. 
and it doesn't feel weird. It doesn't feel like this is a TV series trying to act like it's a movie. And the reason why is even though it's science fiction, even though it's set on this exotic planet, they don't they don't use the fact that they're that they're clearly taking time to make this more movie like and structured like a big narrative to to also up the budget and try to look like a movie. They keep it low key. They keep it focused on human political interactions and things that, I mean, and, and there are good effects in this episode, but what I mean is they're not drawing your eye to the stuff that they can't possibly achieve at the same level of a movie. They're drawing your eye to the stuff that a TV show can do as well as a movie, sometimes better because they might have more time and you care more about the characters. And so I thought I thought this this was just really impressive overall. I was uh, I, I, I like I, I I took notice of it and I I I was aware that I was enjoying these episodes on a different level than episodes of shows that I normally watch. So that was my reaction to them. Yeah, I agree pretty much on all your points. And I, I, I feel the same thing about how this show is very good at uh getting that movie effect on multi-part episodes yeah. it's because pretty much i mean you know you had that at the end of season one when you have that whole string of episodes when they get to the gamut base yeah or even even before that with the you know there's basically that that is that's one thing i like about this show is that some shows you 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 know you're unsure whether you want to revisit or not put mm -hmm. the time commitment in it's like these little movies within the show are like great things to go you know what i'm gonna watch look at the princess again you kind of yeah. like watch those episodes and you just feel satisfied or you can watch the the end of season one those final yeah. few episodes of season one and it's uh it's just it's just a great taste of the show that that you know without watching all all four seasons of it again well and it's great too because it's almost a little bit doctor who like the way that they deal with these three-part episodes what they really are like a, it's like a story do you know what i mean it's like a it's just really well done. Um, yeah, it's oh, I, it's interesting you make that comparison because, like, with the with the you know the new Doctor Who, obviously, I I'm talking about right now. I I I'm a, it, they have they do have some good multi-parters, but I feel they're really hit or miss with their yeah. multi-part episodes. I feel yeah. like a lot of them, a lot of them feel slower. I feel like a lot of their multi-part episodes are ones where you could have done this in one and somehow you've slowed down well, to fit it in two. I'm which talking, is odd because the show frequently feels rushed in one hour. But. Yeah, I'm I'm talking more about the uh the classic who and also like yeah. the early new who. Like the first like those really great three parters or two parters that they used to have in the new who that kinda they didn't do so well at them you know, in the later seasons. Do you know what I mean? True. Uh, you're right. They were better. I mean, yeah, obviously I agree with you on That's why, that's why I specified yeah. the new show. When yeah. I made that complaint, but, uh, cause I agree with you. I'm well, the old one was all multi-part episodes yeah. anyway. So that's, that's all it did. But, uh, but yeah, I agree. You're right. It, they were, that show was better at it, uh, early on. Um, but, but, and I feel like they get kind of a similar thing where like they're, they, they really get, they, they give you, nice episodic ep shows but then you get these longer form stories that that are in some ways built off of all of the affection that you've cultivated for the characters in those mm -hmm. episodic shows 
So it just really works. And and this particular plot... Now, I will say, when they first got to the planet, I saw that it was a party planet. I did roll my eyes a little bit at first. Well, you know, I it, don't think it was a party planet. I no, think but that's what they, they made they it were, look they were like. They celebrating the coronation yeah. is but, what was happening. So but, it was a party happening. No, I, I should rephrase. What I mean is when you first see the planet, that's your initial impression is the Matrix... Uh, you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? I know yeah. exactly yeah. what you're uh, talking about. So, so I was like, oh God, okay, here we, which I can, I, I don't, I don't object to that stuff. It's just sometimes it doesn't lead to entertaining stories. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Um, and I thought, okay, this is going to be the writers indulging their fantasies for an hour. But very quickly I realized, oh no, there's a lot more to this. This is, this is much <laughs> more like I Claudius than anything else. I, I was constantly thinking about I Claudius when I was watching this because, because of the yeah, level. I can of... see why your mind would be in that mindset too, because you've already had like the Crichton Aaron kiss. You've had yeah. Dargo and uh, Chiana, yep. you know, giving caught having sex and stuff. So it's, you've kind of got yeah. all that already in the show. So when you go to the, I can see why, why you were thinking it was leaning that yeah. way at that point. And, and I don't mind that they do that. It's just that when I saw, I was like something about something about what I thought I was in store for was watching Crichton just basically have sex with a bunch of different people over the course <laughs> of the episode. And we were going to see Aaron not do that, which, which to an extent we did, but it didn't really go where I thought it was going to go. I didn't, I didn't imagine it was going to go to him kissing, you know, the heir to the empire and, basically being forced to marry into you know and then and then the revelation about what that actually entails was yeah. was i thought brilliant that was that was really really cleverly done in my view and and also i loved all the stuff with scorpius yeah and 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 it's taken a little while for scorpius to kind of like you know grow on me as a character so that i understand what he's all about but he's become i i don't know he's become very interesting because uh, they they kind of i think here, here's something that i think this show realizes that a lot of shows don't realize people love it when the good guy and the bad guy team up together you know mm -hmm. even if it's just for one episode if if there's an episode of he-man and i don't even remember if there is where skeletor and he-man have to work together that's one of the best episodes of the show do you know what i mean it's 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 just something something about because when you're watching a television series the villain is somebody that you're perceiving the same way you would perceive like a neighbor you don't like or an enemy or a family member that you have resentment towards or that kind you know, there's they're somebody that you always put into that box of, I just don't like this person. And then when you're suddenly in a situation where they're behaving helpfully towards you or you're behaving helpfully towards them, that's like a nice human feeling. And I feel like episodes that do that in these shows kind of, that's that's sort of what they're getting at with yeah. you. Do you know what I mean? They're... Yeah. Well, I like. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I mean, it's fun. It's fun to have these complicated uh, situations. But and I like the fact that you've got you've got like this multiple agenda. On the one hand, the reason he's there in the first place is simply to try and make sure that these you know the the Scarin guy doesn't the guy allied with the Scarin doesn't become you know the uh the emperor so it's uh he's there he's there with a general goal but he's also got his personal goal yeah. which is to try and get the you know the uh the, the wormhole technology from yeah. Crichton. so and, there, and those those goals aren't always you know even even his own goal his own goals aren't always matching up because it's like you know he he he, he, he needs to 
you know, basically get inside Crichton's head. But at the same time, he does want him to marry the emperor. Yeah. Or marry, the, marry the princess, sorry. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's very, very complicated. It's, well, and it also makes him, he's not just an extension of the peacekeeper's motivations. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's, he, it, sometimes in these shows, they, they, they become just an extension of whatever the, the evil force wants to do and they just want to hurt the bat the good guys to hurt the bat to hurt the good guys um and and here it's it's just a lot more it's i don't understand fully what the relationship between him and and Crichton is by the end of this but it's definitely just a more complex relationship he's still a sinister character who you you worry is going to take Crichton's head and (laughs) dissect his brain but i don't know he's he He's a very likable bad guy in not just in the sense of he's entertaining, but in the sense that he's actually genuinely likable. Um, he, he can hold a good conversation with the characters. Do you know what I mean? And I think yeah, that's the his, his larger goals on the whole. I mean, he, he goes about things in very evil ways a lot of the yeah. time, but it's not he does have he does have discernible reasons for everything he does that yeah. aren't entirely selfish. And also, so. I don't they might have mentioned it before, but this was the first time I really noticed that they said he was Scarin or half Scarin. Yeah, uh, this is the first time. They, well, it's the first time they've mentioned okay. Scarin. So. OK, OK, because I didn't because the way that they introduce it. They, they don't they don't beat you on the head with it when they when they introduce a concept so sometimes you think oh I've missed something in an earlier episode yeah, but at least I don't think they do I mean uh, someone may correct me but I'm okay. pretty sure they don't mention scarens before this but I thought that was cool because he does look different than a lot of the other sebaceans do you know what I mean he's got yes. a, he's got a different look and then when you saw that guy he's vaguely reminiscent of him uh-huh. like you know he's got he's got he's got a similar like your brain sort of goes to him as a character but you're not actually expecting him to be half that um yeah. so i thought that was kind of a cool that was a cool addition to his character it also i don't know it paints him in another light because now you know you're sort of wondering well if he's half scaring that kind of that must because this the sebaceans aren't they're they're kind they kind of in a way, they sort of have a master race vibe going on. So, yeah, you know, I I wonder how he well, fits. the peacekeepers to be specific. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, I apologize. This, this, yeah. this is like the episode, and they've mentioned it a lot of times how there are independent Sebastian colonies. Yeah, and, but but yeah, this this is this is the episode where it really kind and, of hammers home that oh, well, not all Sebastians are peacekeepers. No, and that's kind of where, and obvious, and we should say for people who haven't seen the show, Sebastians are basically like humans, except they're really, really susceptible to heat, apparently. Yeah. Um, but but I, I, this was the episode where I really made that distinction clear in my head, even though I just flubbed it, where I was realizing, okay, Sebastians are humans in this setting, and the peacekeepers are just like, like saying, calling the peacekeepers sebations is like calling the nazis humans do you know what i mean it's 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 yeah. it, it just doesn't yeah. it, it's so general it doesn't actually it doesn't really get at what you're talking about um but yeah no i i i really like you know i mean i'm a hold off commenting on part three but i like the whole the whole three-parter is great i think this is a <laughs> this is a um and i loved the uh i love the empress the i forget her name but the but the the, the, the current ruling empress i think yeah. um and and I also liked I liked the things going on. This was the other part that reminded me of I Claudius. The things going on with the brother, 
trying mm-hmm. to take the throne and he's working mm-hmm. with the scarab. That that was just wonderful. I, I really enjoyed <laughs> that. And then you have, I don't know, maybe I'm getting into episode three. So if I am, cut me off. But you also have like the double agent character. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, the one the, the uh, peacekeeper double yeah, agent, yeah. his fiance. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that was in these episodes. So yeah, you're yeah. fine talking yeah. about that. Yeah, that I, because yeah. she's was just, that was just an other level. Of, I know it just really complicates everything with her being there. Well, what I it's loved a, is she's such an airhead. When you first, you just think, oh, she's just there because she wants yeah. whatever the brother can give her. And and they even they even trick you by having the scared mind read her. And he's not able to because I, I don't know the reason there must they might have explained it, but I'm assuming she had some device or something to prevent him from penetrating her thoughts. But because yeah. she's like a James Bond type figure. But I thought that was really cool. I was like, oh, that's interesting that yeah. this character what, what was her answer when she when he did try. She gave some ridiculous. Thing oh, it was, was like thinking about you're not going to wear that to the wedding, are you? Or what are you going to wear? Yeah, I was just, just to cement yeah. her being a completely worthless character. That was great. That was great. And then, and then there's a you know a whole thing that happens with her and Crichton, and and then Sun has her own thing too, where she goes off. She kind of goes off into the wilderness during these. Well, that's that's not in this. Episode. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Never mind. So, so, so she's still kind of fretting throughout the and dealing with Casanova's advances. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> which, yeah. Exactly. The, I gotta say, the guy they got for Casanova. They, that was j- just in terms of the face and the bone structure. That was perfect <laughs> casting. It really was. I'd I'd forgotten about that character for the priest, but the second he shows up, like he he's in he's in like you know the, the first scene on the planet, he kind of comes over, and it's just even even before I remembered he was actually a real character in the show. He's just he's just really entertaining. Just in, to, the, in the casting, just to give people like he's one of these people you see him and you instantly hate him. But if he were at all nice to you, you would instantly be his friend. He's that kind of face. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I thought I thought that this episode, both these episodes were great. I, I can't say enough about them. And I also really liked. Tell, again, tell me if I'm getting ahead of ahead of the episode. The the subplot involving I don't want to remember what her name was, but the nanny character that was yeah. the trusted is that that's in episode two, right? The with a, uh, yeah, with, yeah, 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 okay. yeah. That all that that all unfolds in the in the in the yeah. first and second episode. So, yeah. so I love that that she's from this species. That like I guess they have no possessions. That's part of their culture. They're they're not into wealth and things like that. And and basically, Scorpius is able to 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 pay her off because she knows that she secretly wants wealth and riches. And she's like the person that the Empress trusts the most. And so she yeah. ends up betraying Crichton. But then Crichton realizes Scorpius values what's in his brain so much. He's not just going to let John Crichton die. So yeah. the guy that he sends in to like hold him at gunpoint, he's like, okay, shoot. It's, it's very lethal weapon. He, he, you know, it's a, it's a very, very lethal weapon scene, but it, but I thought it worked where Crichton, Crichton is like, just shoot me in the head. Go ahead. You know, he's, he's basically doing a Mel Gibson impression and, I, I, I really enjoyed that. I thought I thought all I, I loved the whole thing with the nanny. I, I, I liked that you just never knew who could be trusted through the whole thing. And you never really knew what anyone's motivations were till the end. And even at the end, you're still not. Well, 100% I like sure. I, I like too when you when you when I'm watching it, like you know, basically the you know, basically you've got the scene where uh, the scare and, and the uh, prince are talking to each other after that 
you know, that attack that, that the servant saves that saves Crichton and the mm -hmm. princess from. And they're like, you know, it's like Excarian comes in and goes, you know, you messed everything up with your attack. It's like, I thought you did the attack. And it's like, obviously, you know, just and they don't they don't hit you over the head with it. But obviously the servant, she's the one who set that whole thing yeah. up just to, to earn their trust. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I mean, just a, a casting thing, too. The uh, woman who plays the servant is uh, the, the wife of, of, of uh, the guy that plays Crichton, um, who also oh. played the bone eater in the previous season, that episode on the planet with kind of the swamp thing guy and the, the, the you know, the spiky bone eater character okay. that needed to, to, it was starving to death, you know, maybe, so she, that's, that's her. She, maybe that's why they, she, oh, go oh, ahead. Go I was going to say, gonna maybe say. that's why their interactions worked so well, because, you know, uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's yeah. She she recurs throughout the show and uh, always always is aliens with a with a very different look. But okay. uh, but yeah, but that's this is her second appearance in the show, I believe. I, I really like I like the whole scene when she's asking him about possessions and he's explaining to him, you know, how possessions work and you know, and you can just see the hunger in her eyes for you yeah. Know, like, I I really I really liked her character. I thought I thought she was an interesting interesting person. Um, Actually, the weakest character—not the weakest character, but like the weakest portrayal—I thought in this was maybe the brother. I felt like he could have been, uh, like I, I liked the character as a concept, but it just—he didn't—he didn't land with me the same way some of the other choices. Landed. Yeah, he's he's fine. I mean, he's he he does play like a weasel perfectly well but yeah. there isn't anything there is there isn't anything that grabs me yeah. about it it's just it would, it's it, she just she does the job fine yeah there was more opportunity i thought there with that character i'll put it that way but but yeah. but generally the show does great at casting like 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 the casanova thing i saw that and i was like man these people really know how to how to cast <laughs> exactly to character it's it's that it's is perfect. that is the strength of the show i i feel like i mean if you remember back I, I was talking about, I talked back during that episode where they were on that mining colony on board the big dead monster thing. And I was saying that the, the, all the uh, guest characters in this episode just are flat. It's like, yeah. they're not good. And I was saying it's so unusual for this show because this show usually is so much better yeah. at, at yeah. giving you these characters. So it really stands out that this guy is just like, eh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you on the casting of the show. There's also, I guess, we also have to talk about Dargo and uh, Tiana because they were, they were very busy. These, yeah, these episodes. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, that is a notable development. Well, well, what I thought was kind of interesting about it was the way it didn't really affect Tiana's character as much, but it affected Dargo's character a lot. You could, you yeah, could, which makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, it works. It totally works. But I like that they did that because that's a dynamic. A lot of times, shows do it the other way. But really, it kind of—I think Dar the Dargo situation is the one I see more of in the real world. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And so I thought that was was interesting because he's like this warrior character, but he's suddenly kind of clearly in love or at least at ease because of what's going on with him and Chiana. And so he's just—he's just—I uh, don't know—he—he's—he—he's he, he's almost slipping into. Not not the dude, but he's getting more into that territory than he's been in the past. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, he definitely is is more relaxed in yeah. this episode, without question. So, <laughs> so I thought I, I don't know that stuff was, and also 
they they the the sexual humor that they did use was actually really well done. Like it mm-hmm. was like really over the top. Crichton walks in on them or somebody, you know, there's just the way that they did it was and they, and they make use of the fact that there's different anatomy. So it's just kind of funny. And I, I thought it worked in a, in a like and it was usually done because there's a lot of tension in this in this three parter. And I feel like that was one of the things they went to to break that tension a little bit to kind of, you know, make you not feel so tense while you're watching it. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. But yeah, so I don't, was there anything else in this ep- in in these two episodes that we didn't yeah cover? we haven't talked about the Moya plot yet? Oh, uh, so how how far did that go? Because because that's kind of smaller. At the, so. at the moment, uh, it's it's ended. Uh, yeah, I I don't even remember how that plot ends in the third episode myself. But uh, I it, it's it's basically Moya's been completely shut down and. Uh, and Zahn's off with Pilot, and Pilot is just kind of dying, and that's where where we left off with that. Okay. Again, this was another thing that kind of gave me I Claudius vibes because of the guy they hired to pay the, <laughs> I forget what they were called, but the people who made Moya, they had a guy, and and he's he kind of got very, a vague. Felt very Roman. Well, yeah. here's what was weird about it: he was dressed kind of Roman like, but he had like a an Indian, a faux Indian accent. It seemed to me like. Like there was some or something about the way he was talking, I felt was I was supposed to be getting more of a Indian vibe, okay. you know. But I don't know because it was it was it wasn't it wasn't clear. Do you know what I mean? But like he looked like somebody who was. I, I was trying to figure out the dates because like this guy looks like he probably was an I Claudius just by his look. Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> like you can see him playing a senator or something in in I Claudius, uh, yeah. but. But I thought this was a really interesting subplot. It was it was it was a lot lighter than the the intrigue plot, which is probably necessary. Um, but it was nice that if they were going to have Moya sort of disappear for a little while in order to explain why they can't get back on the ship, that they actually had that go somewhere where you were sort of interested in figuring out yeah. what was going on. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's just it's just the right weight to it, I think. For yeah. So, yeah, and and also it added to Moya as a character, you know, like they yeah. actually there was character development for Moya and for Pilot, which I thought was cool, and Zahn had some character development too. So I thought, um, you know, it 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 just generally was a um, it was a successful B plot. Yeah, exactly. Sort of imperfect. There's enough going on in the episode. They very much could have gone with. Okay, Moya's taken off because the carrier's gone off, and Moya can't come back till the end of this three-parter. Would have yeah. been perfectly serviceable, but it, uh, yeah, it's 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 a nice uh, nice development there. And it and it added the right amount of fear because it's one thing if they're just waiting to come back, but if Moya's on this desperate mission to get somewhere and you don't know what it is, mm-hmm. and and the back of your mind you're thinking, oh, it must be a peacekeeper trap or something. Um, you know, why is she just, it's either that or it's Talon. It doesn't, you know, those are the only two things that really popped in my head when she was just, you know, uh, yeah. uh, And, and so, or Moya has just decided to become like a jerk all of a sudden, one of the two. Um, and so, you know, it, 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 it made, it, it made, it made the situation on the planet even more perilous because now Moya is preoccupied with something that, you know, could result in her becoming not even serviceable as a as a ship. So, you know, yeah, it, you know, it, I thought I thought it, it's interesting because 
some whenever there's a B plot, you always are kind of asking like, well, why is there a B plot in this in this episode? What's the what's purpose does it serve? But the danger of the writers trying to answer that question is that they tie it too directly to the A plot in a way that feels like, oh, you know, when they get to wherever they're going, there's something they discover that sheds light on the situation back on the planet. And then, do you know what I mean? And, it, and it's yeah. too tied up in a bow. But this this was good because it served a purpose, but it was a purpose that wasn't directly related to what was going on in the planet. It just served a purpose that enhanced the experience of the story of what was going on in the planet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is separate. Like I said, I, I kind of forgot about that whole plot line. I mean, I, my memories of these, epi- of, of the whole series are kind of sketchy at the moment anyway, but I didn't, I really didn't remember how that, uh, that was, that was going to play out at all. But yeah. So for me, it's good. Good B plot is what I'm saying. Um, yeah. But uh, was there anything else that we forgot? Was there, Oh, uh, I think we've hit all the big points I can think of. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, I'm looking forward to watching part three again, actually, because I really liked mm-hmm. part three. Um, and, and, but yeah, oh, actually, I will say one more thing, too. I, I like the way this show is good at layering on villains over time. It's like you've got, you've got Crace originally as the bad guy on the show, then they add Scorpius who ends up being enemies with Crace and with the crew. Yeah. And now you've introduced that you've, you've introduced this whole other level with the Scarens who are an additional, an additional threat. And it's just, it's just, it's just adding a lot of texture to the show as it builds up. What I like about the Scarens so far, I don't know, maybe, maybe this will be changed as I learn more about them. But when I first mm-hmm. saw him, I was like, Oh, that's like a cheap, like that doesn't look like it's a much of a threat. That's, it looks like the kind of monster that's like in a general episode where they just deal with them easily. Do you know what I mean? And he sort of defies my expectations by demonstrating more and more power as the series, as the episodes go on. And I felt like that was intentional. I felt like they were kind of saying, no, this is, this is like a real serious threat, this creature, even though we've done something to maybe make it like off putting or seem like it's not a threat. It, it's it's actually going to be one of the more powerful uh, forces that the characters can face, and so yeah, I, yeah, I, it's it's something you know, cause yeah, exactly. It's like he ob- he easily could have been a throwaway, you know, villain of the week thing, but yeah. it's like yeah, the scare it's building up the scarence is this thing that are yeah. going to remain in the show. So. Yeah, <laughs> and the, and 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 it takes you a while to realize how powerful that power they have is. Do you know what I mean? That yeah, you know, so. And also, there he's even more physically powerful than you initially think, too, which I, yeah. I kind of liked. Um, yeah, because they have this scene where he he defeats Aaron too, which is a way of establishing that because Aaron is not a pushover. So, also, I just want to point out this is another reason why I really love practical effects. Like, he doesn't <laughs> look as good as a CG creature obviously because CG you can do all kinds of things with, but he looks really good for a practical effects creature. And yeah. and and I believe that he's there. I buy. I get more of an emotional reaction to him than I would to an even better rendered CGI character. So, again, yeah. if anybody thinks we don't need practical effects anymore, I would say watch Farscape, which still uses CGI, like you said before when we started watching it. But it doesn't overdo it. It uses it as an enhancement rather than it does the. 
none of the humanity is stripped away from the the special effects characters in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in this show, this show, this show's good because it does use plenty of CGI, but yeah. it, it uses it basically uses the right tool for whatever job it's well, doing. Here's my impression: I feel like it uses CGI for objects rather than characters. Like, yes, and I think that's what yes. makes the difference. I think CGI, because even like I'll be honest, I don't, I don't like avengers movies and stuff like that i don't like a lot of the new marvel movies adam's giving me a look so maybe i've just upset adam no but, uh, no no, I, I, no. I, but uh i'm sure i've upset some people but but my point is the reason i don't like those kind of movies is because i can't stand cgi characters they bother me like i, I can't yeah. i like even if even if it looks beautiful i don't believe in the emotions that are being presented to me on the screen on the character's face and so yeah. But when I'm dealing with Rigel, even though he's just like a little puppet, it's like it's it's like it's it's just like going back to Yoda or something. Like the if you look at the Yoda in Empire Strikes Back, he's ten times more convincing emotionally than the Yoda in what was the one where they was it that was it Episode One where they yeah, where they CGI'd one, him CGI'd, yeah. Yeah. and you don't believe he's Yoda anymore. Do you know what I mean? He and there's yeah. the emotions don't work and it's all off. Um, yeah, once so, again, and it's it's Henson Henson. Uh, creature workshop in both cases too. Yeah. So there you go. But uh, and on that note too, I recently just got done watching that new uh, uh, Dark Crystal Age of mm. Resistance series on Netflix. And I'll just, I'll just as an aside, say that's really good. I was okay. really impressed with that. So. I was debating whether I should watch that or not. So that might, yeah, be, that I, you I might have pushed it into the queue. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's all practical effects or mostly is it yeah yeah i mean they, they use there's a little bit of cgi here and there but i mean the, the actual characters are all are all uh actual you know muppets <laughs> okay yeah I, I i prefer muppet emotions to cgi emotions it's just um, yeah so and this show does a great job of it so so anyways, I guess we'll be back and we'll be doing Look at Princess, sorry, Look at the Princess Part 3. And are we going to be doing Beware of Dog as well, that episode? Is that the, the plan? That's the plan, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, you know, I got to say, I, I think you're right. Season 2 is where this show really blossoms. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of, it's kind of mirroring Babylon 5 in that way, where Babylon 5, I think, kind of shot into high gear in Season 2, if I recall. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of the same here. So, I find with both shows too that uh, they're they're better on a rewatch too because once you've really got into it, you enjoy the first season more on a on a second viewing. But, okay. Uh, well, yeah, because yeah. a lot of what I'm enjoying is the is built on just all of the things that they introduced in the first season. So, you yeah. know, like a lot of this first season is you're just being introduced to things for the first time. And, yeah. You know. And they do have kind of a big world in this show. It's a fairly extensive setting. So, all right. So, so we will let you go. Hopefully, we'll be back on with another schlockdown sh- as well to keep people yeah. entertained uh, during the uh, during the shutdown. And we will talk to you later. <laughs>